going on, everybody? Welcome to Expand Podcast with your host, Omar Alfaro, and joining us as co-host, JP Singh, where we're going to be discussing the ins and outs of real estate investing and what this market has to offer. Whether you're a seasoned investor starting out, if you've already been doing this for a long time, and if you're a real estate professional that just wants to increase some sales, well, we're going to give you some valuable insights as to some strategies uh, to make some informed decisions when you do invest in real estate and it's try to achieve that financial success that everybody talks about. So every episode, we're going to be discussing a little bit of different topics about how to flip property, how to wholesale houses, how to buy some rentals and increase that real estate portfolio that everybody talks about, how to even get better at real estate sales in general if you are a real estate professional. And I've been doing this for 20 years, so we're going to also be interviewing other experts in the real estate industry to help you along that way. And trust me when I tell you this, uh, there's going to be a lot of ins and outs of this business, and um, you're probably going to be faced with some challenges. You're going to have some success, um, but also just know that if you quit, then you definitely aren't going to have any success. So that's one thing I will share with you in this podcast. And guys, stay tuned because um, I'm going to be delivering whatever I know and having people come in and we're going to interview them as well to help you learn to expand what you don't know. So it's our job now to inspire, educate, and expand your knowledge in the real estate investment game. So without further ado, this is our episode one. So welcome. What, what's the main thing that you think you want to deliver by doing this podcast? Because obviously you're taking time away from your business and now you're putting, you know, you want to serve people, you want them to hear your conversation. So what would you say like your number one goal is for people to be able to take away from this? Well, JP, I think that um, people just need to know about what they don't know. And that's something that like, you know, it's funny, information's out there everywhere, right? But they don't have somebody that's credible to give it to them. Who are they going to listen to? Is Are they listening to the person that um, just started and all of a sudden is a coach? Or are they listening to somebody that is 20 years in, 30 years in that has some success? So I really just want to be able to share all the knowledge that I have. And we're going to be discussing deals. We're going to be discussing the good, the bad, the indifferent. I mean, all of this stuff in general in real estate is is hard. Yeah. It's, I, it's not easy, man. I, I think the reason I asked that question, because a vast majority of the audience is going to be someone that's much newer in the business. They haven't done over 100 flips like you have. But someone that gets filled with so much information because <laughs> everyone's doing content, everyone's a mentor, everyone's a coach. Yeah. How do you narrow down your options of, okay, this is the information that I'm going to listen to and this is what I'm going to apply? Because a lot of times the reason people don't apply anything is because they're flooded with so much information, bro. Yeah, well, it's like a buffet right now. Literally, everybody has something to sell you. Everybody has something to, to share with you. And it's like it's your job to figure out what you want. It's a, the big buffet line. It's literally – the difference between someone's actually that's wanting to help you. And I think that's going to be, it's going to, it has to stay relevant because if you're a real estate professional, like you are, you want to ask questions. How do I 
you know, create more leads? How do I talk to more people? If you're a real estate investor, how do I go and buy a house? How do I go and create the other opportunity out there? How do I create an investment? Like, what do, what's my next steps? So it's really up to the person who's listening that's going to be asking the question, you know, and if it tailors for you, great. If it doesn't, then there's a million other podcasts you guys can subscribe to. And that's it. I mean, everybody has a flavor. Yeah, take the information and turn it into application. Perfect. Because at the same time, you can have all this information, but you can get overloaded. Like you won't know what to do. You won't know what to, how to execute is my biggest thing. It's, and you know this being newer and, you know, you're three, four years in, but there's people that are 20 years in that never have any type of success. Why? They never really applied anything they learned. They just figured out that if they kept doing it the old way, they're going to have the success now. I think I heard this quote somewhere. It's uh, the hardest part about real estate is figuring out how you're going to make your money because there's so many different ways. So with that being said, obviously you're a successful broker. You flip a lot of houses. You have several doors, um, obviously establishing yourself on the wholesale side too. What helped you choose like what you wanted to do in your business? Because, you know, nowadays someone hears real estate, they're just like Airbnbs, multifamily, syndications, flips, wholesale. But for someone that started 20 years ago, what was that like getting started in the business? Well, 20 years ago, the social media wasn't out. All it was is a phone book, door knocking. Our MLS was a, a folder, wasn't online. Zillow wasn't around yet. Think about Crazy. that. The MLS was a folder. It was a folder. That's nuts. That we, we, we would have laminated sheets on houses that, that were available to sell or to go show. It was a trip. So if you made it back then... Imagine now with all the all, all of the technology and everything else. Back then, I just wanted to uh, create some commissions, three, four thousand bucks, five thousand dollars, <throat> and that's it. I mean, that's all I wanted to do at that point. Um, that's what the crazy thing is that everybody gets into the business, whatever the business it is. If it's real estate investing, real estate sales, if you're a lender, if um, you know, if you're a wholesaler, you get in the business to create capital. That's it. You want to make your mark. You want to increase the amount of money that you're making, period. And everybody, that that attraction of like, you don't get a paycheck unless you work. You don't get a paycheck unless you work. And even if you work, guess what? You're not even guaranteed the paycheck because it may not even close. I think how many times has that happened? Yeah, I think that for me, for those of you who don't know, I I started off in uh, car sales, transitioned into real estate full time. And I collected a check every two weeks for work that I did and didn't do, whether I sold a car or not. So when you come into this real estate game, I think a big people, a big thing that people need to understand is like, how am I consistently feeding that cycle of that? You know, because we always say whatever we do today is going to come to fruition 60 to 90 days from now. Mm -hmm. So for someone like you, you said you were focused on making commissions, you know, earning that capital three, five thousand dollars. How did that compound into doing, I mean, owning over, how many doors do you own? A few. We'll talk about it later. But yeah. How did that it, compound into you doing almost over 100 transactions every single year? To just trip. simply wanting to do earn commissions and three, $5,000, um, you know, every single check. 
Well, seven years into the business, I didn't really understand the game yet. Like, this is the thing. 2002 is when I got licensed. And you were already in the business for seven years, you said? Before I really made an impact, yeah. Wow. So it's like everybody that's now in the business the last couple of years, you know, if you're hearing this right now, it's it's middle of January, 2023. And if you just got licensed a couple of years ago, you know, give yourself a round of applause that you got a little lucky and you made a bunch of money. Uh, because that market appreciation, it was like the perfect timing for anybody to to jump in. 2002, it was before the first initial boom. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And literally, I just figured out a way to represent more buyers in that time, helping as many buyers as possible, using that into learning how to become a better listing agent. And then when I became a better listing agent, well, then at that point, I figured out ways to invest in real estate because majority of millionaires that are out there got all of their money from investing in real estate. And we have the vehicle, we're agents. We have that direct direct access to that seller, to the buyer, all of the above, like it's there. And fast forward 20 years later, I mean, this progression has been crazy. It's been a, it's been a, it's been an up and down battle, but one thing I'll tell you is that if you put the people first, like helping the people, people for profits, everybody talks about that. And it was like a new thing. There's like a hashtag now too, but it's truly the case. You put the people first, they give you the reviews. Then, then you start becoming more known. Now people are like, oh yeah, let's use Omar. Let's use them to sell the house. Let's use them to help us buy a place. And then as you understand the game, I think that's kind of what what I took back from it is that, hey, I could do this at a larger scale. And uh, and so to to break on that a little bit, you're, you're you said you're representing a lot of buyers. You started representing a lot of sellers. So you would say that you got really efficient at the the retail business of real estate, correct? Yeah. Let's talk about that first year of you getting into investing because now you're taking your hard earned commissions, your income. Mm-hmm and dumping into an asset that you hope is going to produce some return. Did you take the route of your very first investment property? Did you just go the like the conventional route of financing? Yeah. Did you go private money? Because I think for someone like me, that's been in the business like three years now, still learning so much, uh-huh. you know, one of my big goals is to buy a property this year, whether, and I would like to buy it subject to seller finance. But 20 years ago, when those terms necessarily didn't really exist, how did you they go about- They existed. Nobody knew about them though. No one knew about them. How did you go about obtaining the financing, the funds for your first property? Because I think that's one of the biggest roadblocks a new investor <clears throat> faces today. Because an unskilled investor has allocation and you know access to money. They just have to make sure they're able to place it in the right spots. For someone right. like me that has never done a deal in my life, what's the best route of me securing funds to be able to make that initial investment on that first property? So yeah, that first, uh, that first investment that, uh, that I purchased, I was 24 and I ended up buying my first house. Obviously that's everyone's first investment is that first house that you buy, obtaining home ownership, being cool, bought some real estate. And I was 24. As a matter of fact, my, uh, my dad, God rest his soul. He told me, Hey, Miko, you got to buy this house. And I didn't, I didn't know where it was at. He's like, it was a customer of ours at a restaurant. And he's like, yeah, he wants to sell this house. His name was Frank. And uh, yeah, I bought this house. 
in 03, I believe it was 03, and you couldn't get financing back then. So I ended up getting an 80-20 loan, which is an 80% first, you know, and a 20% second at a different interest rate because I was stated income because I was a server. I didn't have no um, extra money laying around. I was literally paycheck to paycheck. And I got an 80% first of like 5 or 6%. Then the second was like 9% stated income. And if you guys are out there, you guys remember that 80-20 stated income program where it helped us like, you know, independent contractors as servers or bartenders or whatever the case, we would tell the lender exactly what we would make, right? We would say, yeah, we make 10 grand a month and we would get approved like that. It was a trip in 2003, man. Is that where all those, cause, and I'm, for those of you that also don't know, 2003 to 2008, I was less than like 12 years old, but- is, 12 years old. Did you think about real estate yet, bro? No. No. Is that you where- You were trying to figure it out. <laughs> that, yeah. No, I honestly <laughs> was. So going into that, you said they were just, in a sense, would you, could you say like handing out loans? Uh, per se, yeah. You still had to like, you know, so that's have where, a social security number. And something I hear a lot nowadays is at my last mastermind, I heard this. In 2008, we were in a housing crash, but today we're in a currency crash. What are your thoughts on that? And how does that differentiate? Those two opportunities. Well, it, it, not to talk about that yet, because um, let's talk about what it was before, because right now nobody really knows what's happening. So let's just focus on what we were talking about earlier in regards to like differ, dif differentiating what happened then to now. Yeah, well, there's a lot that happened. So it's like we have to have some type of like um, understanding of like where we're at now, because comparing the both it, it's we're going to lose some people yeah honestly and i want to make sure that i del we deliver as much value as possible based on you know what we saw in 2003 4 5 you know real estate cyclical every 10 years it starts doubling 12 13 years it starts increasing right and at that point when i bought that first investment property i didn't know i just wanted to buy a house and i ended up uh having roommates and you know what roommates are now? It's called house hacking. They they labeled it now, which is crazy. And, and, and that's something that like, you know what house hacking is because it's something new. Mm -hmm. But back then it's like, yeah, roommates and they pay for your mortgage. That's what you would call it because that's what it is. It's not house hacking. It's just get some roommates, have them pay some bills for you. You live for free or you live for 500 bucks a month. That's literally what it was. $1,500 mortgage. I had two roommates. They're both paying me 500 bucks, 600 bucks a month, half of utilities. So it, it cost me like 500 bucks to buy my own house. Now in, first that, time. in that process of you now have your first property, investment, yeah. personal residence. Now you're also doing this thing called house hacking that today people are knowledgeable enough to know what that is. Right. Did you have an idea that that first door was going to lead to X amount, however many you have now, or it was just something that you were playing full out in the moment and it kind of just took you to one step to the other. Yeah. It, it just literally was just a, um, like I just bought a house because my dad told me to listen that's, to your parents. That's it. I bought a house. My dad told me to, and it was down the street from the restaurant. So I guarantee you, he wanted me there because it was down the street. So if I ever, if he ever needed my help, I was down the street from the restaurant and guess what happened? 
It was the best thing ever because I would literally go home, change, whatever it was. I had a routine. I would work out, go see my parents in the evening, go change, come back, help them. It worked out perfectly because it was literally like not even two minutes away from the restaurant. So he had other other alternatives for me to buy that place. I guarantee you, but thanks pops. Efficiency. For sure. do, you, do you think, <coughs> when would you say that that door opened then? That door opened um, to realizing that, wow, you know, I can own a bunch <coughs> of doors and make income from that. Customers. I would be waiting tables and I would ask people what they would do because, you know, you would tell, they, they would pay with a credit card or you would hear their conversations as you're taking their orders. And a lot of people that I, um, I waited, you know, I brought them their food, their margaritas. They would always tell me like, hey, this is what we do. Because I would ask them because I was an agent and I was letting them know, hey, I can help you buy or sell. And a few of them laughed because they already did did it. Other people would actually take the time and tell me like, hey, if you really want to get serious in real estate, then you need to figure out a way to buy property. Buy property. I said, okay, so how, how do I do that? I bought one house. What else do I do? And this is one person that ended up telling me about hard money because there's no, there was no masterminds back then. There was no connections. There wasn't no podcast to find out what's going on. Um, internet was there, but a lot of people weren't Googling it. They didn't ask because no one knew. So it's like you had to ask people. You had to like be old school and ask normal people to see what they, what you could do to increase wealth. And because of which, um, I took a lot of the stuff that I was learning being a server and asking the questions. And they said, you know, you got to find a way to buy real estate. And then somebody did tell me before that it's the game of Monopoly. And Monopoly has been around for a really long time. And Monopoly is a long game. And then they told me that it's, you know, real estate's a long game. And I kind of factored that in. And granted, I was 24, 25 years old, 26 years old. I was a couple years older than you, or I was about the same age when I bought the house, but I really didn't like understand it because I needed more information. Like that's something guys that I want to share. If you don't know something, go ask the people that have already done it, ask them what they did so you can cut the curve in half, cut that learning curve, because the faster that you can cut the learning curve, the faster it is that you're able to do something that most people aren't willing or they don't know how to do it. So that's something that I was good at asking before is all those questions while um, I was bringing them their food, their chips and salsa, and getting them drunk with margaritas. <laughs> that's awesome. Straight up. So let's let's dive into that because you mentioned something about cutting the learning curve. Yeah. And I think a lot of people right now, um, yeah, a lot of people got into real estate the past two years with the market appreciating. But right now, I think real estate is as big as on social media than it's ever been. Oh, for sure. So uh, that's attracting a lot of people into this business, whether they want to wholesale, whether they want to be a licensed agent, mm -hmm. investor, fix and flipper, all the different categories that there are. How does one today eliminate that learning curve? I know you you mentioned, you know, get yourself around the right people and listen to like what they're doing. Right. But with so, like I said, so much information being available. Something that I did that worked really well for me is I locked arms with you. You know, I quit my job and I was like, Omar, whatever you need when it's buyers, sellers, I'm willing to right. do, you know, I wasn't really worried about the activity I'm doing because I knew the activity was going to lead me somewhere. Mm -hmm. So what do you, 
what advice do you give someone that's fed all this shiny object syndrome of, yeah, wholesaler, investor, fix and flipper, but that's kind of driving them away from that small activities that they need to be doing. Kind of like the CEO sweeping the floor. Right. Good analogy. Um, well, in the very beginning, like, what do you want? Like, what, what drives you? If you got in the real estate game and you wanted to make commissions, then go make some commissions. Go represent buyers. Go, re go represent some sellers. Get good at understanding what people want in order for you to deliver um, you. In order for you to deliver something to them that they're going to want. Like, if I want to sell a house, who am I going to who am I going to interview? I want to interview someone that knows how to sell a house, right? If I want to go buy a house, I'm going to go interview someone that can help me buy a house. And how does that work? Establishing yourself in your area, creating five-star reviews, creating, creating the, um, that creating the want for the people to use you because right now with everything being so damn shiny, I see things different. Like get good at something and then something else opens up. I'm going to take myself as the example because I have nothing else to base it off of. I got good at buyers. I got good at listings. Then I got better at conversations at the listing appointments where then I started buying the houses that I was at. But it was a progression. It wasn't like I all of a sudden started as a flipper. I all of a sudden started as a wholesaler. But I guarantee you the last couple of years and you're part of it, you saw crazy success your first year because it was perfect timing and you did lock arms with you know myself and, and the office and the team, but because your surroundings helped you get there, but the market also helped a lot of us. It helped myself included. I mean, that's everybody. If everybody tells you that, that the last two years didn't help you, you guys are all lying. Because literally, it helped you get to where you're at, that car you're driving, that other investment property that you picked up, that flip that you thought you were a pro at and you made $100,000 over the last 24 months on one flip. Yeah, that's the person that just quit their job at McDonald's, became a flipper and made 100K. That's literally the last two two years. It definitely helped a lot of people. But then this goes back to what you're kind of talking about. It also... I think placed people on this this pedestal that they're not necessarily ready for. Oh, no, hundred percent. Because now 100%. in this new trend of this market, skill matters. Hundred, yeah, you know? it, it always has. Mm -hmm. Skills always mattered. Period. Back when I first started, back in the middle, because guess what? They're gonna people want to go to the person that is knowing more, understand psychology a little bit more too, because it is a people business. 80% psychology, 20% skill. You guys need to remember that. And it did put everybody on a pedestal the last couple of years. But now it's smashing everybody in the face. Your, your success is not greater now. Your opportunities are not greater now unless you learn how to see them. But if you focus on yourself, the daily, your daily discipline, your ability to shoot the free throw, like we talk about all the time in our meetings, about Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul and his and his daughters and all the people that uh, that that perished that day. And 
he was the best free throw shooter. Why? Because he did something over and over and over and over again, regardless of the outcome. He just focused on the activity that created the result. Game time. Basic fundamentals. That's it. Basic fundamentals. So that this is another thing that we're now able to dive into. Mm-hmm. With that being said, focus on those basic fundamentals. Let's go through <clears throat> some one of those, what some of those basic fundamentals are. For someone that just got licensed, they're a year into the business, and the only deals they've done are from the sphere of their influence. How can how does one hone down on certain activity and fundamental skills to be able to represent buyers, represent sellers, and also recognize opportunities that allow them to capitalize? It, recognizing the opportunities, to uh, that's going to come later. Okay. That has to come later. Why? Because do you know how to fill out a contract? No. Figure out how to fill out a contract first. Do you know how to have a conversation about uh, you know, with, 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 with a seller? No, not yet. All right. We'll learn that part of it. How about better yet? Answer the call when somebody's calling you based on a house that they want to potentially buy. What are you telling to that consumer? Like, is there, we, we, we have a script. We know it. Like the back of my hand. And I still do it to this day. Everybody, like you want to make sure that you understand the person's ability to either purchase or if they're just calling to waste your time. Like, to me, I would want to say, if you're in this business and you just got started, you let everybody know that you're in the business, your sphere of influence, your family, your friends, um, you let them all know that you're licensed and you want to help somebody buy, sell, or invest, you know, then the next step is, okay, well, where are you working out of? Are you working out of a high-producing office? Are you part of a team? Are you, do you have that ability to like, Swing the bat with potential opportunities. Because if you're by yourself, with a, a lot of us feel like we're all on a deserted island in this business, and unless you link up with people, unless you're part of a team, unless you're part of something. That's the, that's the crazy part. Because any person can be successful if they're in the right environment. Strength in numbers. And if you're in the, if you're in the right environment, by default, it's like you got to perform. And it, and maybe not the results not going to be there yet, but it will have a direct impact on what you do compounding. 3 years down the way, if you're in the in 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 the in, the, in that in that great room or in that room that there's some killers, there's some people that actually do a lot of numbers, meaning that you buy and sell or you represent a lot of buyers. Like compounded over time, tell me something. If you were not in an office where, as an example, me, if I wasn't producing and I wasn't delivering messages in our meetings and showing you by the example, would you be further along now or would you, would it have like slowed down your progression? Yeah, it, it definitely would have slowed down because now that I think about it, um, when I came into this office, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even come into this office as a licensed agent. Nope. I was filming Omar, but simply being in that proximity and in that same room for <clears throat> two years almost, I always say this, your energy is your currency. You know, I was feeling the currency flowing in the room, even though at that current time, I'm a video marketer. All I'm doing is editing videos. 
being around someone else that's a high performer, um, you either get pulled along with them or you get left behind. And I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, drag myself along with you. Um, but how does, and this is another thing, because now I think it's very popular for some people to recognize, yes, I need to, you know, provide value to a high producer. I need to work for someone for free for a couple of months. Right. So I can earn my earn my worth, I guess your you could stripes. say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, earn your stripes. Yeah. What do you bring to the table that separates you from someone else? Because I think anyone nowadays can go to any high producer and be like, True. Hey man, I'll, you know, I'll make your calls for you. I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. I'll work for free. How are someone like you that's been in the business for 20 years, how are you able to read, I guess you could say someone's intention and give them the right advice that if you are going to lock arms with someone, these are the correct steps to do it. That's huge because it, you know what? It, it's a matter of giving back because I share so much knowledge and information consistently that if people take it, great. But I know that most people aren't going to take what I'm saying because they're going to feel like, oh, no, this is just information. You know, uh, you could talk to 100 people and maybe five will take exactly what you hear. Maybe five people might actually take it, implement it. So why not just share more? Hence, this is why we have this podcast. This is why... I want you guys to expand your knowledge on like the different scenarios. This is our first freaking, you know, uh, this is our show. first podcast. This is our guys. first show. That's it. You know, and there's going to be, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be a recurring co-host. We're going to have, we're going to have people here telling us what else we should do to help everybody else out there. And, and honestly, now it's just a matter of, you know, putting it together, letting people know, like, this is what's helped me. Maybe it's going to help you because, and if it doesn't help you, something else in this podcast will definitely help you because you'll, you'll resonate with it. You're going to resonate with me because I've been doing this for 20 years. You're going to resonate with JP because he's been doing it for a couple years, but it gives you a good base of like, Hey, I'm going to share whatever I know. And if you guys take it and run with it, then fuck yeah, That's what I'm talking about. Because if not, then what's the point of you even plugging in? I mean, just 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 turn it off. Doesn't matter because there's so much info. Then just figure out exactly what you guys you know want to end up doing, and you know, and listen to the people that uh, actually did it. I mean, that's why we're having it. You know, I mean, yeah, like at the like, end of the day, that's that's it. Like Omar mentioned, he's a, he's been in the business for 20 years now. He has plenty of knowledge and experience that I think every viewer could benefit from. And one thing that I hope to do on this podcast to provide value to you guys is just to be able to speak from a point of view of the masses. Cause I know people that are probably listening to this podcast haven't been in the business for 20 years, haven't made millions of dollars and own X amount of doors. So I think it's personally going to be really good for anyone that plugs in, but most importantly applies that information because information to me is one of the, the biggest drugs because you get lost in so much of it. You don't do any application. I mean, that's it. And it, and the thing is, when you do get lost in it, it's it, it it's like you're in a rut. So much information is out there. So much. Figure something out. Listen to the right podcast. Subscribe to this one because I guarantee you it's not. 
I'm going to say it's probably something you've never heard. And if you did, you probably resonate more with us because uh, this is, you know, this is what we're going to do. How I mean, did, this is expanding your freaking knowledge on what you're going to be doing. How did I mean, the, seriously. Let's talk about how the idea of starting this podcast started. I think me and you were probably on the phone for like 40, 50, 60 minutes every single day talking about the business and how we can level up, help more people. And we were literally like, I think we need to let Share people it. hear these conversations yeah, that we're having. Sure. So I'm yeah. super excited for this. I hope I can provide a ton of value and uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I know we will. You're going to bring a lot of value uh, based on what you've gone through, how you started, how you quit, how you, how, how, how you're evolving in the business and being a couple years in learning how to like buy an investment property that people don't really even know how to do that until they're 10 years in the business because all you're focusing on is on commissions. It's my job. It's our job. It's my duty to be able to like, let you guys know that, Hey, you're plugging into this podcast for a reason. You're going to learn how to become a better salesperson. You're going to learn how to invest in real estate. You're going to have, you're going to figure out how to strategize to make a deal work or make it not work. You're going to figure out how to increase your cash flow. Why we buy real estate why we invest in it, why that's probably like the number one thing to do so you can offset your taxes. I mean, these are conversations that we're going to have that everybody does not share. Yeah. They don't share how to not pay the IRS. Ooh, not pay the IRS. Imagine that. And imagine getting back money and you make millions. Crazy. Yeah. This is exactly why we have this. So we can help that person that is a nine to fiver that is wants to replace the earned income to passive income by investing in real estate. Or if you're an agent, because you're a you know high paying job, that's kind of what we have as realtors or real estate professionals. So imagine if you can increase the amount of deals that you do get, and then you're gonna reinvest it back into real estate. Guys, we're gonna be talking about all kinds of stuff, good, bad, how to lose money, how not to lose money, I should say how to lose money and it's because funny. you will lose money in real estate. I'm sorry. Of you course. will like period. You're going to invest and you're going to lose money. Yeah. And we're like going to talk about that later in, in our next episode. But um, guys, I know this was like, there was no format. It was just talking about what we're going to be doing, delivering some value, giving you guys an understanding of what this is. And that's it. Honestly, I appreciate all of you guys for listening and uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Expand Podcast with Omar Alfaro, co-hosting JP Singh. Thanks, guys. Later.